you can't reduce the volume and expect to somehow have a higher conversion rate. Like exactly right. That's just, you can't do that in anything. You can't do that in sales. You can't do that in marketing. Welcome to Casted's Amplified Marketing Podcast. This is the second episode of The Recessions, a limited four-part series empowering you to think differently about your marketing, no matter the size of your budget. We'll cover things like how have marketers adapted during past downturns to future-proof their company? And you know what kind of creative ideas that you can implement to help both your brand and your demand? And how about how Amplified Marketing can help you do more with less. That's a familiar feeling, right? When you're always being asked to do more with less, how can you respond as a marketer? I'm Lindsay Chepkema. I'm CEO of Casted, the first and only amplified marketing platform built just for you by B2B marketers like you. This is uh, episode two of the recessions where I spoke with Jeff Coyle, who is the co-founder and chief strategy officer at Market News, a content intelligence platform. As content marketers, we're constantly being asked to do more with less, right? So during an economic downturn, that rings even more true. As your resources become scarce, the solution isn't more content. It's never been the answer, actually. So in fact, when you have lower capacity to create really kick-ass content for your brand and your customers, it's imperative that you focus on optimizing and repurposing all that content you already have. So simply turning the faucet on higher or maybe even turning it down lower, it's not going to do a thing. It's how you shift your approach to content that actually matters. So Jeff walks us through three steps to get the most bang for your buck and to distribute your content successfully. You can't reduce the volume and expect to somehow have a higher conversion rate. You can't do that in sales. You can't do that in marketing. It's all about getting as much value as possible out of what you do have. If you're going to do a hundred episodes or one blog post or whatever it may be, how are you going to bring it out? And that's this, that's this whole um, notion of amplified marketing and and Mm -hmm. amplifying the content that you have is you you've got, and it's not even just about the recession. It's about the pressure that marketers are under. Yeah, it's, it's, we've got it. We've got to get more value out of this stuff. We are a higher return on that creative um, energy. So, and then, yeah, the, the three, the three ways that you can change the way that everybody thinks about it. First of all, you got to have that self-assessment. Mm-hmm. What is your content efficiency rate? Um, how much content have you created or touched? First of all, do you know your why, why you did it? Did you set goals and how many of those achieved their goals? The average team I'll talk to is 10%. They create 10 things for one of them to be successful. Okay. Now, if you say, okay, well, how much does content cost? And you're like, I don't know, $200. Okay. Well now 10%, uh uh-oh, that's $2,000. And by the way, it's not 200. If you put in the all in, all in costs, you're talking about, you know, so people are really spending 10,000s of dollars per effective page. Okay. So that's the first thing you've got to know your true effective page rate. And by yeah. the way, if you're true, if you bake in all the people who touch it, all the resources oh blah, blah, and you're actually below a thousand bucks per effective page, call me. Cause I want to sharpen those knives. Um, and, but second, like that's a, you would be in that upper echelon. Typically yeah. you're in that massively higher. So the, the check who you are, but then it gets really, really important to use data to decide what you're creating or what you're updating right? That where you have momentum, where you have 
looked at your site, you know, your strengths and weaknesses. Obviously the whole punchline here is I run a company called market news that automates all this stuff. But Mm -hmm. anyway, but the other one is make sure if you're spending money on content on that raw material, the resource that you have a plan of getting ringing the most out of it, getting Mm -hmm. the most bang for your buck. It sets the deck in your favor. If you have multi-channel distribution, if you have multi-format, distribution already teed up with some level of automation. And those people who are doing those tasks are typically not knocking them or anything. They're not the subject matter expert. You're able to put them into somewhat of a repurposing or redistribution assembly line effectively. And you can do that. So your first go at this might be, okay, well, for every um, audio recording I do, every webinar recording I do, I absolutely have to have a summary uh, maybe notes, um, and also a, a transcript that's formatted well for, yep. for, so somebody could read it. That's the easiest way to mentally think about a, a, re- a, redistrib- a, a distribution channel or a, a repurposing campaign. But as you go, you get into more and more ways that you can get a lot of value out of this hour we spent today or the $5,000 we spent on an ebook or the $50,000 we spent on that ebook or white paper so that it can turn into N things. Right. And when you get into that habit of N things per, you know, source material, you start maybe two things, then it becomes five things. You start to see which of the channels are producing the value. But easier said than done. Am I right? Content repurposing can feel a bit more tedious when you're literally creating anew the same material, the same thought leadership, the same strategy over and over and over. But when it appears in your customer's inbox or in their their podcast feed, or maybe even your website's blog, you know, they can't tell the difference. So they're not coming through your content and they're not going through it with a fine-tuned comb. So to them, it's just helpful content. So how do you start flexing your content repurposing muscle? Jeff dropped some knowledge for you on that topic. It requires discipline. Um, You have to do it. It sometimes feels like lower dimension work, like it's not actually up to your skill grade. And if you Mm -hmm. don't have somebody who's doing it for you, uh, maybe, or somebody on your team or somebody who you've hired as a consultant, um, you feel like it's lower quality, lower value, but so you got to hold yourself accountable to that or find somebody to do it. It um, is worth the time. It's so worth the time. And I, but I find that that is often the, the, um, and then doing it every time, always, you, always making sure you check those boxes, hold yourself accountable, hold yourself account, hold a team member accountable for actually doing it. I mean, as simple as, you know, the compare, I love podcasts because, they're always easy to use as an example because everybody can understand the idea of going from podcast to uh, to show notes, podcast yeah. to transcribe, podcast mm-hmm. to annotated transcription, podcast to Clips. I'm going to add my commentary into the transcription and, yeah. or going from a book. Guess what? Yeah. Book's not accessible. Let's create a thousand pages that promotes the book. People get that. But when it comes to, for some reason, when it comes to their blog or their product pages or their uh, product marketing materials, it's a mental block because yeah. they don't, they don't realize, but like a book, yeah, let's promote the book. 
podcast yeah let's transcribe it easy for them to understand everything else gets into like oh yeah i would never even have thought to turn my blog post into 75 other things uh yeah. but you can you can yeah. and that that's what that's, that's the key so. yeah and i think that that's, that's such a i mean it's a fun mind shift to make yes. right and mm-hmm. it's a relief i mean when you're in the shoes of a, of a marketer or marketing team marketing leader and there is this, this hamster wheel and this treadmill that keeps, keeps Mm -hmm. the incline keeps going up. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's just like slowly increasing in, um, in incline and you're, you're expected to keep running faster and faster and faster. And that's, it's just not sustainable. It doesn't feel good, but going back and, and getting creative about like, this is, this is a good thing that we already have. How else can Mm -hmm. we use it? What are some fun ways that we could use it? How are we, can we send more people to it? How can we pull from it? Um, and that's a way, that's something that one person can do. That's something that an entire team of people can do. And it's a, it's a really important reminder always, but especially now in this, you know, maybe we're in a recession time um, right. when everybody is trying to do more with less. And, and by the way, it's sometimes it can feel icky, like, oh, I'm just doing more for the sake of doing more. I'm creating more for the sake of creating more. It's not. If you have something that's performing well, if you have something that's on, on point for what you're trying to say, mm-hmm. that means it's resonating with people. That yep. means people want it. And if you give people more opportunities to find that thing or experience that thing, you are actually serving those people well. Yes. Everybody doesn't learn the same way right. as well. Everybody doesn't consume content. So there's actually some early, long ago, like 10 years ago, I was like doing presentations about uh, con- doing persona mapping to learning models. And it sounds so nerdy, but it's like some people learn through auditory. Some people yeah. learn by reading, visual and, and hearing. Everybody kind of just like assumes that's true, right? But then their content strategy just doesn't follow through with that, right? What they, what they come up with is um, dogma, that they feel is one size fits all, but there is no one size fits all. Some people love to listen to podcasts on their way to work. Some people love long podcasts. Some people love short, long form content, short form content, visual. There isn't one way unless you've got this beautiful, you know, absolutely true model that all CMOs of hundred plus employee companies only like to read podcast uh, read uh infographics i yeah. try to if tell me i'm wrong there right <laughs> yeah. your your icp is your your ideal customer is actually people who are uh, auditory learners that's it just uh... good, good for you Bravo. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud of you know maybe if you're selling like orchestra equipment you might be able to uh, to pull that pull that off but i i don't believe it so we're in the midst of a recession technically if you and your content marketing budget is reduced at any point jeff recommends that you start with some quick wins So what things can you do to implement quickly with fewer resources, or if you want the same excellent output that your customers are accustomed to? Content audits don't have to be a huge rock that you have to spend thousands of dollars in weeks doing. Thank goodness. So you've got to know your surgical quick wins at all times, and it should hurt you on the inside that you're not doing them. Like Mm -hmm. you should have a list of blogs that you know are going to win you just haven't gotten around to, right? If that's kind of your job. If you're a content strategist, if you're an editorial lead, if you're a search engine optimization professional is to always know what those things are. So when you're doing a content audit, 
um, really try to break it into the why. What we often see is people doing uh, tail wagging the dog content audits. So what does that mean? Traffic leads, sales, you know, one team's KPI, the other team's KPI, organic, whatever. They're not aligned. That's another topic mm -hmm. for another day. Um, <laughs> but then we're making decisions about keep update kill. That's the traditional content audit. Yep. It misses so many things. It, it misses so much nuance, right? What isn't being discussed is was the article high quality? What topics did it target? What audiences did it target? What was the goal of the page? This is the killer for, for SEO, bad SEO audits, by the way, is they only look at entrance traffic to determine the value of a page. What? What if that page is the wayfinding off of the main guide and a lot of people click on it like two paragraphs in and they go to this page and it doesn't generate any direct conversions, but it's, it, you know, it's providing sure. expertise. Mm -hmm. Plus not all pages that, that don't generate traffic, uh, they, they don't need to generate traffic to actually help organic search performance either. They're actually, think about all the pages about a topic. Mm -hmm. They work together in a big old blob and mm -hmm. they, I'm glad we have a video today because you're seeing me shake this blob, right? <laughs> um, so it's all the, the articles, yes. all uh -huh. the articles you have about CRM all smushed together to allow your allow Salesforce's what is CRM page to rank. As it pertains to your brand presence, it can feel good to prune pages, blogs, podcast episodes, et cetera, from your public feed. I get it. I love that purging. Marie Kondo all day long, right? Especially if you feel that content is from long ago when your focus was on something else or your audience was a bit different. But hold your horses. Easy there, killer. Don't do it. Think about how you can repurpose or approach those pieces of content differently, especially in times of recession or having to cut back on your budget. Consolidate pages, expand them, change their target persona, before you get rid of them. Um, it's so worth, it's so worth it to consider how they weave into the clusters on your site. I see so many bad decisions and I can tell you why they exist. They exist because, um, the people, there are people who advocate pruning and they don't mm -hmm. know why pruning can work. Sometimes mm -hmm. deletion and consolidation can work, but it's very rare. Yeah. Um, and it's only in certain situations. Certain so they advocate for sure. They yep. advocate pruning for everyone. Half the people who prune, probably more, at least half, because the real reality is pruning is very rarely the, the absolute right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but they're actually going to do damage. Um, so you got to be thinking about, you know, uh, you know, if you've never clipped a bonsai tree before, your first bonsai tree is going to look like crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the reality. So don't do it just blindly. Yeah. You're not going to have Mr. Miyagi's stuff at the end um, the first time you ever do it. If you don't yeah. know what you're doing, don't prune. Yeah. I mean, it, it, don't do it. I mean, well, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it feels good, right? It feels, feels like you're getting rid of of things that shouldn't be there, but right. um, it, that's not the case. And that that's absolutely true for podcasts and, and videos, by the way. It's not just web pages and, and blog posts. <sighs> Um, we actually, we had a, a customer that as we were onboarding them, they were like, they have thousands of episodes, right? They've been, they have many, many, many my, different, my dream, different, right? <laughs> they had many different types of shows 
right. um, webinars, videos, podcasts, many different types over many, many years. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is being sunset. Oh, this one is old. We're not even going to put the, we're not even going to migrate those. And I was like, no, 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 no. You migrate them all migrate them all because it, it matters. And evergreen content is, um, it's called evergreen for a reason is it's, it's all, there's always something there that's valuable. And also, you, you, I mean, the last time there was this much talk about a recession was 2008, you know, that was a long time ago, 12, 14 years ago. And oh. right. Wait, hold on. Let's just, let's oh, just dwell on the, on the fact that that was 14 years ago. I met four. It was, it was four years ago. Right. I don't even know. Yeah. I know. Oh, so I think, um, you, you just never know what's going to come back to the surface. And so why would you right. throw it away? I mean, that you're still going to see a return on that creative energy and, and that investment oh, yeah. nailed it. Evergreen content is a win win, but you may be thinking my content is timely or my audience is too niche. Can I still repurpose content that I created months or even years ago? Yep. You guessed it. Here's Jeff again on that. Don't think that your discourse or your discussions or your, you know, topics aren't suitable for that. I see this a lot in comedy. Um, I see this a lot in special interest where it's Mm -hmm. like two people yucking it up and they don't Uh think that it matters. It really matters. It It really matters. It could change the game for you. Yeah, it totally could. Which I mean, to to bring it all home, Mm -hmm. it could change the game for you now more than ever when we're all doing forced to do more with less and whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like for anyone who's watching or listening right now, we're all, we're all doing more with less in some way, shape or form, less resources, less dollars, less people, less time, less energy, um, less desire to do all the above, all All of the above. Um, now more than ever, we need to be doing the things that Mm -hmm. really make a difference. Um, not only is it good for the business, it's good for morale and goodness knows we need that. So, um, okay. So in closing, um, what do you want, uh, B2B marketers in particular to take away as, as they question, um, are, are we going into a recession and what is, what do I need to, what does that mean for my content? What do I do? I think whether you are, or whether you are not going to be impacted, um, really taking stock, not blindly turning off channels or turning down channels, but think about improving your batting average and think about improving your wins when you do getting more out of your wins when you do have wins. Um, and that's, that's critical. Um, and then think about your manuals labor where you're doing things manually, um, where, in almost all cases, a great majority of things that relate to content production have uh, radical improvements available out there uh, using artificial intelligence. That's going to be a much better discussion than, you know, how many heads can I cut? Because uh, that's when tough stuff can start happening on a marketing team, especially mm-hmm. now when jumping jobs, the barrier for jumping jobs because of remote work is... Um, doesn't exist. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're, if you have a LinkedIn subscription, like you can watch it, like it's a, a, a streaming network right now of yeah. new position announcements. And, um, and that's the, that is a one, two punch that most marketing teams can't handle. I might've mentioned, I have a webinar series, uh, on content strategy. Um, I am, it's in the top of marketmuse.com it says webinars. You can see over 100, content strategy discussions, uh, everything from sales enablement all the way to podcasts to repurposing. I just did one with Benjamin Shapiro on content automation. 
Uh, he's right. one of the most prolific podcasters uh, there is. I think he puts out 17 a week. So if you want to get into that, go check, go listen to that discussion. Um, he is still pushing the volume game. Um, and he explains how in that most recent recording. So go cool. check that out. Um, I, I really dig him. He's, he's a superstar. Huge thanks to Jeff Coyle, founder and chief strategy officer of Market News, which is a content intelligence platform. Schedule a free demo with his team or take advantage of their free content audit at marketnews.com. You can also email Jeff, of course, and let him know what you thought of his insights today in this episode at jeff at marketnews.com. Stay tuned for the final two episodes where we dive deeper into amplifying your brand during an economic downturn. Thanks for joining us today on The Recessions.